eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, here we go. The podcast. It's a gloomy Tuesday. What's up, Eddie? Hello, podcast people. Oh, I like the fact that you are wearing the Steve Summer shirt because we got word that Steve is going to be back soon. That's kind of cool. Yes, uh, I actually had an email, a conversation with him, and he is uh, struggling with all the forms and stuff he has to fill out now that he's going to be like a new employee almost. And that's not, maybe we should have him in this week. That would be fun. Yeah, I don't know when he's coming in. I think he... Might have, he has to come in to fill out, out paperwork or something. Well, I figure we got Joe. So it's me and Joe the next few days. Mm-hmm. I have tomorrow, I have a comedian by the name of Anthony Rodia coming on. I was okay. trying to get him in studio uh, with Boomer because he's a Long Island guy. I thought it would be fun. And he's a sports guy. He's a Yankee fan, a Giant fan. And I think he's hilarious. Um, but as his agent told me, he's been on the road for like five months. And this is like his one week home. He's like, is it possible you do a phone in? I'm like, mm. You know what? We'll do it Wednesday. Why not? That's fine. Sure. I know Boomer hates phone-ins. Yeah. Um, so I got him in tomorrow. We're working on something for Thursday. Maybe Steve Summers on Friday into Labor Day weekend be fun. Yeah. You'd Well, you'd have to oh, on the phone. That's fine. Yeah. I'm not. I like. I know I'm in the minority. I enjoy guests. I think yes. it breaks up the show. It's four hours otherwise of us just talking to ourselves. So to me, Steve on the phone is just fine if he was here. I wouldn't make him come in here if he didn't want to. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Well, he is in Manhattan. True, and maybe he wants to get out of the house. We could leave that. I'll have Flegelman reach out. Maybe we can. Uh, we'll see what happens. Or just check with uh, the boss and see if he's due in at all. Could do that too. Mm-hmm. That is true. Um, I just had a conversation with Da by the coffee machine. Okay, he does not like you. What did you? No, I'm just kidding. Um, and we were saying we were talking about football season. Mm-hmm. Are you the type that I know you like the winter? That's well documented. And you like the cold weather, but are you the type that when that first college Saturday rolls around, which it sort of did this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Are you like Christmas is coming, end of year party time? Like it's like, are you do you find yourself more energized during football season at the Ye- beginning? Yeah, because um, just the nature of it, the the there's not that many games. It's once a week, and the season evolves and unfolds, and it's just fun to watch. And I was watching; I was locked in 
for all of the seven games last week. Were you really? Yeah. Even that terrible Notre Dame game? Yeah, listen, when I say locked in, I I, I recorded them all, and there was not really many competitive games in in the bunch. USC won by blowout too, right? Yeah, and Vandy beat Hawaii big, and uh, La Tech... uh, Place. Florida Central or something or Florida International maybe 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 yeah FIU and then Jacksonville State the Gamecocks that's first. the old Dion team no that's Jackson State oh sorry uh, and this is a is this is a, a Jacksonville Georgia uh, they played their first FC uh, FBS game against I think UTEP and they won. And yeah, so I read an interesting thing about that Notre Dame game in um, in London, right? That's where it Dublin. was in Dublin, in Ireland. For uh, they said, I'm sorry, there were fifty thousand U.S. travelers that went overseas for that game. Mm-hmm. Forty two thousand were Notre Dame fans. Oh, uh, yeah, that absolutely. is unbelievable. And if it wasn't forty two and eight, then it was thirty two and eight. I forget, but the number was insane. Right, the amount of people that traveled to that game, and if it was a Navy, it could have been all in Notre Dame. Yeah, I suppose so too. Because Navy, true. you know, is going to make yes a, have people there. I did. I always feel bad for those service academies mm-hmm. when they play some of these, uh, and, and I know they play a different style, and you know, you're trying to grind out the games, but like they have no chance in these games. Yeah, I don't remember when it was, but it was a big deal when Navy beat them, and it was within the last. 15 well, years. Well, I and think. even as recently, what, two years ago, the 21s, it was the Navy really good. Yeah. Right? I know well, Army has struggled, but. You no, know, but Army's been, the, that, that, the Navy, Army has been better than Navy in the last, like, five years. Oh, is you, that true? I thought Navy yeah. had a really good year they, in there. Um, I don't know in the last five. Okay. But I know the uh, Army, you know, the Navy had that long streak against Army in the Army-Navy game, and then I think it's. Maybe Army's won like five of the last seven or something okay. like that, but they've turned it around. And then you were talking about you. You mentioned how you know how fast the season goes. I couldn't believe just sitting here with Boomer when when Peter or maybe it was Boomer was mentioning Dak Prescott, eight seasons already. Yeah, like I look at Dak as still like a young quarterback. That's you know, but he's already got the big contract. And eight years, you'll see some guys retire after ten. Sure, like the thought that. As a cowboy fan, I could be through Romo and Dak already. Is fascinating to me. Like it's just it's it's depressing. And the fact that how old is Colt McCoy? I was shocked to see how thirty six. Yeah, I'm like wow. I been around a him. while. Yeah, you forget, yeah, but yeah, I remember no. him playing at Texas. Yeah, and that's a long time ago now. Yeah, it is. Time just kind of rolls on, and no way for anybody. And that Dak's first uh, when Romo got hurt and he took over. Yeah, was that Zeke's first year? Or second year? I should know the answer to that. I, f- I would say probably his second year. Mm-hmm. But I, top of my head, I don't know, actually. Okay. And I was actually mad. I mean, once Boomer said David Carr, I knew exactly the game he was talking about, and I yes. remembered Quincy Carter. But when he was talking, and when he said 2002 and first-round draft pick, I, that didn't register because I don't think of David Carr as a number one overall NFL pick. Yeah, I just he don't. Was. Like his brother's better. David Carr never he was he was okay, but mm-hmm. his time in the NFL was not long. No, and he yeah, he got the crap beat yes, out. Yes, he him. did. After they win that game, I don't remember this was a twenty to seventeen or twenty to sixteen. I don't remember it was a low scoring game, and I will never forget watching that. And that's one of the final few years that I was still just a fan watching the game at home. Because I've been doing this cowboy thing since Oh no, 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 no. 
I was thinking 06. I've been doing the cowboy thing since 10. Mm-hmm. It's my 13th year. Wow. Or 14. Wow. Whatever. Yes. Working for, yeah, it's bizarre. And I get to do Cowboys-Eagles this year in Philly. Oh, nice. I get to fill in, which will be really cool. And that's a, that's a drive, not a flight. Yes. Everything's easy about that. I can flood drive day of game. I don't have to miss work. I'm, I'll be back on Monday. It's fine. The only thing that's, that stinks about it, I remember Burkhart telling me that year one in, in 2010, and even Kevin Ray has kind of mentioned it to me, the Eagles put the uh, our broadcast in the corner, I'm sorry, in the end zone behind the goalposts. Oofa. I don't know how yeah, you how call a hell? game like that. I don't know. I remember. I know in Washington, the visitors Terrible. radio is, but it's not the end zone. You're maybe at the 10 or 15. Well, I can tell you, in, in even in Dallas, the broadcast booth is in the corner of the end zone. The difference there is that screen above the field. So easy. Like, Eddie, I call the game off the screen. Sure. Now, when when play hits about the 30-yard line in front of us, Piece that that's awesome. You call it, you see it. It's but when it moves down the other side of the field, you're lost, even mm-hmm. with binoculars, because you're so far. But the screen is great. So hopefully, I haven't been to the to the link in a long time. Hopefully, they have something like that. And do you remember the the uh, old uh, Dallas Stadium, Texas in, Stadium in Irving? Yeah, that there visitors booth. Oh my god, that was like up in the catwalks and tiny, right? Yes, yeah. and getting the equipment up there. Oh, it was a bitch. I always, you know, when the Giants made that run to the Super Bowl in 07, that was, um, I went to that game and I flew to, it was supposed to be a connecting flight from Houston to Dallas, but it was a little puddle jumper and I wasn't getting on it. So I wound up driving to Dallas from Houston that morning. I had a 6 a.m. flight. You didn't want to get on a prop plane? I was not getting on a prop plane. No. Really? No. I don't, I love flying. Didn't want to get on one of those. Huh. It was only eight seats in the plane. I'm like, I ain't get on this. I ain't get right off. And you've been in helicopters. Yeah, I wasn't comfortable, though. Oh. I don't know that I would ever do it again. Yeah, I took two props in Iceland. Yeah, I know. I'm aware you did. Not my thing. But mm. to each his own. So long story short, I went on with a credential that Spitz got me to see that horrible win for the Giants. Mm-hmm. If you're a Giant fan, great win, but horrible loss for the Cowboys. Um, and so I had a seat in the press box. And so I got there like 15 minutes before kickoff because I had to drive from here. The whole thing was mad. No parking. Yeah. It was awful. I remember spending $50 to park five miles away. It was awful. Oh. But what, I got in 20 minutes before kickoff. And when I got there, they doubled up the media seats. And oh. it was like a first-come, first-serve. Like, literally, there were cards on top of one another. And it was like share the space. And in some cases, they had, you know, like a bench seat. And then a bench seat behind it to where they were telling you to kind of maneuver to look between. I'm like, I can't watch a game like this. I watched that whole game. No joke. I moved from tunnel to tunnel with the ball. Really? Because you couldn't get a seat. The place was packed. Of course, yes. So I would, if if they kicked off and there was a touchback and it started at the 20-yard line, I would go to the 20-yard line and I walk into the tunnel. I would talk to the usher, you know, to kind of, hey, how you doing, whatever. You had a credential. I had a credential. And then if there was a 15-yard pass play, I would run back out. I'd go up. So I had a great – it was weird, but I had a great view of that game. And that was – oh, that game was miserable. Now, did you stay on the one side or did you switch? No, I kept moving. I basically made friends with every usher in that stadium. So you went to both sidelines. Oh, yeah. I was – I just kept going because 
if you ended up in, a, in an end zone, I would just kind of keep going around. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that's kind of what I, that's how I watched that game. It's kind of a unique experience. It was a different experience. There was only one bad usher that would not let me stand there for the play. Mm. And uh, I just moved to the other one and it was fine. But And the other thing we I like to do um, when I get the limited opportunities to co-host, I like to do things that are a little different. So I like to rip from the headlines just because it's current events. Sure. As you know. Did you read that story about the couple that tried to get pregnant and couldn't? No. I, I know not. we were having fun with yes. it. Yes. But when you played the clip. Yeah. In the butt. But right. That is what the guy was doing for three years. Wow. How did she not know? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, um, it's instinct. It's biology. It's, you know, that's. That's how animals know how to do stuff, and we know how to do stuff. But if you told me that they took some sort of pregnancy pill, mm-hmm. and they said you got one shot, and they went out and they got drunk, and it didn't happen, okay. Sure. And you hit the wrong spot, the wrong yeah. entry point. Yeah. Got it. The article says they had anal sex for three years. Yeah. And neither one realized what they were doing. Yeah. And they're not 18 years old. Right. They weren't senile at 60 trying to whatever. 26 and 24 years old. Well, um, let's just say uh, maybe it's a good thing that their genes didn't get passed on. No, they did. Oh, no. Oh, no. They figured it out. She got pregnant. She got pregnant within a month of him putting his penis in her vagina. But they had to get, like, instructions, I guess. They had to seek out. Yeah, the doctor was the one, after examination and questioning, he had to tell them, wrong spot. Yeah. Jackass. Yeah. Wow. Imagine that conversation. Could you imagine? How about, forget the conversation. How about the embarrassment of the two walking out of the doctor's office? Right, but how about just the doctor saying, like, you know, like he's working with them, just thinking that they're going about it in the normal way, and then when when that is revealed, he's got to be just like dumbfounded, mortified. Yeah, yeah. I, that story to me, I and what's funny is because of you, I was waffling on reading it because I was kind of worried what you might play. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, you know what? What the hell? I mean, yeah, it's a news story. I'm not making it up. Right. Took it out of the newspaper. That was the funny thing about, I did that a few weeks ago, and Phil Mushnick wrote an article just destroying me and G. I think it was me and G. Maybe maybe it was me and Boomer. Right, because I wouldn't do that with G here, because he, he leads it. So it was me and Boomer, and he wrote an article just how um, the content was awful. How could, you know, I, I forget, but he, was, he ripped us for it. And a Sports Illustrated writer basically wrote to him, on social media and just destroyed him with the premise, uh, Phil, they were articles in your newspaper. Yeah. Very funny. Right. Very funny. Right. That, that, that's where that's what your source material is. Which is why I always make sure I say, this is from the New York Post. Yeah. So if you've got anything to say, why don't you go tell your editors? Exactly right. Because they're putting it out there. Mm-hmm. So what else you got? Uh, what else do I have? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm actually, I was surprised that my uh, vacation was more expensive than Boomer's, even though. I was blown away, but I've never had a trip that has cost more than more than $10,000. $10, and 
I have two kids. Mm-hmm. And I, now I have not done anything um, like what you did mm-hmm. and been away for that long. It was a long trip. It was. It was one, It's one of their longest trips except for the um, some of the ones to the southern hemisphere, to Antarctica, which is like three weeks. You know, sure. Because you got to get there and the whole thing. So, uh, But this is one of their longest uh, northern hemisphere trips. Yeah. That's 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 impressive. That's an expensive trip. It is. Well, here's but you're paying because you're you're not just touring around because you could do it relatively cheaply just by yourself, rented a car and all. But you're traveling with a scientist, uh, a naturalist. Yeah, yeah. And it's a small group. There was only eleven people in our group in our tour group. So you're paying for that. You're paying. They make deals with the locals, so you get a little bit of uh, sure. You know, uh, uh, you get there early and, and there's not as many people in this whole thing. So you're paying for all of that. And Iceland uh, is expensive because they have to import everything pretty so much. So the food's expensive, the yeah. drink's expensive. Yes. So, you know, that whole that whole thing. You so, had Because when you said that, you had me thinking, like, what is my most expensive trip? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I can come up with that's been more than $10,000. Mm-hmm. Close, you know, some of them that hovered around the 9 to 10 number, but not. Right. And I'm talking for four people, you know. But you also then you go on your your trips every year with the with the baseball with the travel oh, teams and everything, and you do a few of those, you know. So that's like a bunch of those. I think it's like you know it's not a true vacation, but it, it's like a half and half situation when you go down to the uh, Myrtle Beach. Oh no, that. that yeah no, I mean it, you're right. Like Myrtle Beach with the boys last year for it was a baseball tournament. Yes, that to me is not a vacation. Right, it was. Half and half is fair, but that's not – I think it was more of a vacation for the other kids' parents Yes, that had no responsibility right. other than to go watch their kids for a few hours. Right. I was still on the clock Yeah, and still responsible for that group of kids. And, yeah, but not free. Uh, no, not free, but not – No, not like that. And we had, we no. had signed up with this group. Uh, Actually, not only that, not a, you said the trip was 20 grand for two years. Mm-hmm. That would be the equivalent of me spending forty for four of us. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't sniff that. Oh no, no, no. And of course, you know, that's why you know. And their their demo is fifty five to the grave, basically. This this tour company. People that are looking to spend their money and do well, something it's fun. like people who are either never had children, like my wife and sure. I, or or later in life they do their finance so they see they can afford it, or you know, people who had children but now of course are yeah. older and. They're not going with the children. And, uh, yeah, but we had signed up with them in for a trip in 2019. It was a, a Wolves, uh, a Yellowstone Wolves thing, also in the winter in Yellowstone. It would have mm. been a lot colder. Um, but then my mom passed early 19, and I had to cancel, but I had trip insurance, one of the best things I ever did. Um, but that was about less, well, it was about half the price, I think. For that, because it's in the United States and it's not as long as right, a week right. and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then then COVID happened. And then so we really haven't done anything. Yeah. I mean, we I've driven to the Berkshires and to Maine and uh, Vermont and New Hampshire. But those are cheap. It's just like, you know, you're paying for your lodging. But I'm not saying it a Four Seasons. Right. And my activities during the day, are, I go hiking for free. free. Yeah. You know, and uh, again, just uh, either pl- staying in a place with a kitchen uh, or, you know, just if not a kitchen, then we're not 
going out and spending extravagant money sure. on meals or anything like that. So, And it's two years, not five years. Correct. So we do this every once in a while. And it was like, uh, I'll tell you the price. It was before airfare and before alcohol mm-hmm. and before the tips for the naturalists right. and all that. It was like thirteen three per. Wow. Before airfare and alcohol and all that stuff. So it was expensive for sure. So you were significantly more than 20000 Yeah, I would say it's You were probably, more like thirty. Correct. Holy crap. Yeah. My Lord, that's the equivalent of me doing a $60,000 trip now. Good right. God, man. But, but I mean, again, if you take the kids out of no, it, I do, even I do. then. But if you add up all the things that you do in a year, you go to AC, you go here, you go there, you go there. You know, Fair. It, it's about equivalent. And we only do this once every it, No, no, it's not equivalent. But, it's, but you're right. It's definitely, I spend a lot more than I'm saying. Right. Because I do like to go places more you do. than once. Oh, I, 100% I do. I have, I've always said. The my interest level of taking time off from work with no trip planned, mm-hmm. I'm good. No thanks. I'll come to work. I'm home at eleven thirty already. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just be home to do what. Mm-hmm. That's not. No thanks. I, God love Al. I couldn't do what he's doing this week. I would go stir crazy. Yeah. Well, usually when I'm off, like there's like there's some other activity like that. If we don't go away somewhere, it's like you know I'm, I'm like this when I'm off Thursday Friday and. Uh, over Labor Day, we are prepping for my wife's big fiber, the New Jersey Fiber Festival, which is NFL opening weekend and blah, 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 which it always is. And yeah. It got stuff to do. And and when we travel domestically, even when I even went out to Crater Lake in Oregon or we went to Rocky Mountain National Park, okay, you have the airfare expense. But, again, I'm not staying at right. five-star hotels. And I plan because it's – it's it's in the states and i know where and i research and i plan the whole thing out and again all of our activities are, are free yeah which it's is just great. hiking right so right you know the last thing so what i'm what i've proposed so far the boys are in i haven't figured out a way how i'd ask him if she wants to do this yet mm-hmm. but i figure why matthew's still living with us he'll be 19 in october mm-hmm. what about driving across the country Next summer. See, I, I I would love that. Yes. Starting with the game in Pittsburgh, we hit Cleveland, Cincinnati, and we end in Oakland. And then we fly. We spend some time with my family out there then and then fly back. Mm-hmm. Take about a week and a half, two weeks off, whatever. And we drive at our leisure. I will plan it out. The games, maybe six stops, six games along the way. So this is based fly around back. baseball games. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to, you know, let's go see uh, Mount Rushmore and all that and stop at all the national parks. Uh, it depends on the route that we take yeah. and where the stadiums are. I'd have to see. And I know the baseball schedule is out for next year. So I got to look and see what would line up properly. Mm-hmm. But if I could knock off like five stadiums in one trip like that mm-hmm. and, and drive cross country, that would be awesome. Yeah. And when you go through like, you know, national parks in the summer, for sure, there's a fee to get in, but it's not crazy. Yeah. And it's usually per car. Right. And be then, perfect. And then you could stop and even and just see a site or whatever, yeah, or yeah. even do a you know a, whatever a two mile hike or something like that. Uh, you but could that'd be that. fun. Yeah, and there's a bunch of national parks in in Utah. There's like five of them, all right around each no other. No one plays in Utah. Uh, no, but on the way down to Phoenix, perhaps okay. you know. Why we been there? Or, or up from oh, I was going to say Texas and Arlington, but you've been, been there. there already. Colorado would Colorado. Be. You can yes. go from Colorado and then go back and up or around, and you can drive through some beautiful yeah. country. Uh, Colorado has a bunch of national parks, also. 
and driving over. Have you ever driven across the Continental no. Divide? No. Mm. no. That's why I think it'd be kind of cool. It, it is. I've done it many times. So we'll see. That's right now is an idea. That's all it is is an idea. And we shall see. And if you go up to Seattle from or come go up to Seattle and then come down. I'm not gonna, going to Seattle. Oh, now you're getting okay. too far. Yeah, it's, now it's just far. Okay. It'd be a straight shot, basically. I see. But it's also next year is my 25th wedding anniversary, and we both turned 50. So I got to do something with her, too, mm-hmm. at some point, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? We'll see. And, and one day I would like to drive the Trans-Canadian Highway. You, you know, going across an I-80, that's about 3,000 miles, a little less. Let me know when that happens. Trans-Canadian <laughs> Highway is 5,000 miles. <laughs> it's not pass. Uh, all right, we got to go. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. I will see you tomorrow for your last day before Labor Day. Yes. And then do the see you thing, and then you get uh, Peter Schwartz and not Chris Lepresti, Mike Flegelman coming up. Yes. So This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 12 days until the Giants kick off the season against the Cowboys. The Giants stopped it at the one yard line. Holy cow! The home of New York Giants football. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Good morning. That's actually some false advertising. It is not Al and Jerry here on the warm-up show. It's Peter Schwartz and Mike Flegelman up until 6, then Boomer and Geo with Boomer and Jerry. Good morning, Fleegs. How are you doing? Good morning, Peter. It's good to see you. So if you're a huge Al fan, you know, you're out of luck today. He's yeah. not here, but if you are a huge Jerry fan... You will get to hear him. You just have to wait till 6 o'clock. It's Jerry and Boomer today, and then the rest of the week is Jerry and Joe Beningo. Joe Beningo. Oh, that should be fun. A lot of jet what, talk, what, I know, the next I'm couple sure of the days. next few days. What are the chances <laughs> we'll have Joe watch? I mean, he's not going to watch it tonight. We know Joe goes to bed early. Yeah. Chances Joe watches Hard Knocks before Thursday's show. Zero. Okay. I guess he's not into it at all, and you know that. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I'm just saying if he's going to go to sleep early. Well, no. Well, before he will, no. Thursday do, do, show. Oh, before Thursday show. No, no. The, he'll watch it probably 
tomorrow when he gets home. That's fair. That's what I have. I, I don't know if you've watched it already. I know you had a busy night last night. I already like I love my Tuesdays. It's teed up to go home, eat lunch, one Jets drive, and then I'll wake up and watch Hard Knocks early before tomorrow's show. So I, I'll come in ready to go. I started watching it. Obviously, I would normally watch it with my family on Monday night if I didn't have to work in the morning. But I did start watching it to get some clips for the updates. And it, the first 15, 16 minutes of it were pretty good last night. I haven't seen the whole thing yet. I'm still going through it. Um, and, and just to give everyone a little tease, you, you get some nice insight as to how Robert Sala told the team that Corey Davis was stepping away. So I, I don't did wanna, see that on social media. Yeah, so that that was there was a clip on social media. The wide receivers coach goes into it as well. And I will say this. I'll give this little bit of, uh, of, a, of a spoiler on it. Sala does tell the team he is stepping away from football. And this was the confusing thing the other day when – when we found out he was stepping away, everybody was throwing the R word around, the retire word. And Corey Davis has not retired from the NFL. He made it very clear in his statement stepping away. And Salah tells the players that, that he's stepping away, but he's welcome to come back. So I think they still have him um, in, on their property in their property because they put him on the reserve retired list. So it's not like Corey Davis has gone from football completely. They're still very possibly a chance maybe even this season that he could come back whenever the family issue or whatever he's going through uh, gets rectified, he could come back. It's going to be something to keep an eye on. And I know we're both big Jets fans, but we haven't talked a ton about this upcoming season. So I'm wondering where you are because I was just listening to C-Mac do the overnight in the Mm -hmm. final segment. A lot of football calls, Jets, Giants. Everybody seems excited. The baseball teams are disasters. <laughs> it's miserable. So we're all even more excited for football than we've been in a very long time. And I'm curious where you stand because, yes, they're, Jet fans are excited, but there's so many Jets fans. Peter, I got to tell you, I'm I'm getting sick already of the defeatist attitude. Yeah. You know, they better not lose right away. This season could be a disaster. Can can Jets fans enjoy expectations? <laughs> no. Once, no. Knowing that, listen, no matter what, every season – 31 teams go home a loser. There's only one team that on that Sunday night in February is happy ultimately with the way right. the season went down. I'm like Jet fans, I don't know if they're just trying to brace themselves and it's not going to hurt that much. It's going to hurt if you lose no matter what. You've just watched a decade plus of some of the most non-competitive football <laughs> that anybody can ever imagine. I mean that's that's over 20% of the league's history or that since the Super Bowl era. We're not up to Super Bowl 60 yet. This year is going to be 58. You're right. 12 years, the Jets had one decent season in that mix. I was at their last playoff game. The AFC I, I mean, Championship I game in Pittsburgh. for that last playoff game. Remember it vividly. It's been a long, long... I've worked here for over a decade. The Jets have had one competitive season in that time. Can Jets fans just stop with the... Yeah. Uh, it, it could be a disaster if this guy gets hurt, if things go wrong. That applies for every team at every time. I'm already sick of the Jets fan misery. I will. I have been asked this question a lot in the offseason, especially the last few weeks, and I've been on some some you know fan-related podcasts and things like that, and I get the question all the time. How excited are you for the season? To, to your point, it's very easy for the Jet fan to say, well, you know... Uh, we've had this excitement before. We had Brett, you know, uh, Brett Favre came in, and and then we went to the AFC Championship game two years in a row, and now we haven't made the playoffs. So, like, you know, nothing good is going to happen. I don't have that feeling whatsoever. I can honestly tell you, this is the most excited I have been 
for a Jets season since the start of the 99 season. The Jets were coming off of going to the AFC Championship game against the Broncos, and you come back for 99, there's basically the same group is together, Parcells is still in charge, and everyone's saying Super Bowl, Super Bowl. I'm thinking that. I'm thinking I'm I'm sitting in my season ticket opening day um, against the, the Patriots, and I'm thinking the, the Jets have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, and if Vinny Testaverde ruptures his Achilles tendon and – Parcells waits too long to put Ray Lucas in as the starting quarterback, yada, yada, yada. Also, never should have gone to Rick Meyer in the well, fourth quarter of that game. Well, that was the thing, too, is like Tom Tupa comes in through a couple of touchdown passes. Now, I, uh, Peter, I'll tell you this. This is you know how sick it is. My first two Jets memories. I'm born at the end of 91. The AFC Championship game in 98. And then week one of ninety nine. Those are my first two real Jets memories. And I, you know, I knew all oh, the Jets are supposed to be good. Everybody's excited. I was too young to like fully understand exactly what it meant when mm-hmm. Vinny went down and how long he'd be out for. But I remember the look on my dad's face and just knowing from watching him watch that injury that something bad just happened. You had Giant Stadium shaking when Tom Tupa threw the touchdown passes, and the place was going Tupa, Tupa, Tupa. And I don't understand why Parcells went to Meyer in the fourth quarter, screw the whole game up. And then I, to my point was that they they kept going with Meyer until he finally realized, let's give Ray Lucas a chance. And Ray Lucas helped turn the season around that they can get back. Oh, it's one of those moments eight. Jets fans look back on. If they put Ray Lucas in right away, they probably don't win the Super Bowl, but that's a playoff team. And I know, listen, I'm a Jets fan. I understand the history, even from what I've watched. It's it's a lot of ugly. There's a lot of bad in there. But my stance for the last couple months has been, it, and there are some Jets fans who are optimistic. I was hoping you would be in that group because yeah. I know how you are generally as an Islander fan, another team we both root for. So I was <laughs> hoping that would transfer over here. If you can't be excited right now, and yes, there's always a possibility of bad again for any team at any time. If you can't be dreaming about a magical season, and a Super Bowl run in this very moment with two weeks to go before the season, then what are you doing as a sports fan? No, You're just begging to be miserable. Listen, I, I've spent many of uh, of days and nights at Giant Stadium and MetLife Stadium miserable watching that team play. And th- they now have given you a legitimate reason to be excited. Now, to be completely fair, could it all blow up? Could things go wrong? Yeah, I suppose things could go wrong. But how could you not be excited about this? I look back, my my bottom line on this whole thing is, is that and it's not even how great Aaron Rodgers is because I think he's going to have a fantastic season. But if you look back at, just look at last year, just, just last year, if the Jets had any semblance of competent quarterback play, even with the injuries to Hall and AVT, the Jets are in the playoffs last year. Just competent quarterback play. And the Jets are in the playoffs. They now have more than rectified that situation with getting Aaron Rodgers. I think they would have solved that issue if they had gotten Derek Carr, too. I think he he would have given the Jets competent quarterback Me play. Me, too. I'm a big Derek Carr And fan. I think the Jets could have been a playoff team, would, would be a playoff team this year, if they had gotten Derek Carr even, instead of Aaron Rodgers. But now you've got one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game who's now motivated and rejuvenated to play again, and you're already seeing what he's – you know, the chemistry he has with with Garrett Wilson and the offensive line is coming together. You look at that defense, the backups can be starters on other teams. So again, could it all go south? Could it fall apart? A hundred percent it could. Right. I mean, listen, but you have Tom to be Brady excited. once got hurt in week one and the Patriots season, I know they still won 11 games. They didn't make the playoffs. They were no longer a Super Bowl team. 
anything can get derailed for any team at any given moment. It, it, you should, you know, you all the stuff you're saying about the Jets' offense is right. You know, the one thing I don't think people realize is that even if you're down on Aaron Rodgers, if you think he's getting older, he's declining. I blame a lot of last year on the injury and the Packers. Yeah. Front, I, I mean, I thought there. I've been defending Aaron Rodgers against the Packers for the last few years anyway, long before it was ever possible that he could be a right. Jet. The he hasn't floor, played with a defense like this in no, a long and, time. And the floor for the offense with Aaron Rodgers still exceeds the ceiling that it had last year with Zach Wilson or Mike White. Even if things don't go well for the Jets offense even immediately, and again, at some point with Aaron Rodgers and how motivated he is, like you said, it will click, they will gel. Even if they don't get off to the hottest start offensively right away, they'll still be much better than what they were as a unit on offense last year. And you mentioned the big thing that's flying under the radar. Peter, this is a top five defense in the NFL. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. upon what they had last year. And I think you're going to see, listen, obviously Quinn and Williams is going to get a lot of attention because of, of the contract and the season he had last year. But if you've paid attention to training camp and you've paid attention to the preseason games and you, you, you are sleeping on Jermaine Johnson, do not sleep on Jermaine. This guy, and I know he did it against a lot of backups during preseason and training camp. I went to one training camp practice. Uh, I was at the Hall of Fame game, too. You watch this guy. He looks like a completely different player than last year. Um, and to me, he's got a chance to be a legitimate star in this league. Maybe it was just getting number 11. Maybe the Jets had to get rid of Denzel Mims so Jermaine Johnson can get his 11 from Florida State. Maybe that got him going this year, but whatever it is, I'm thinking this guy is going to be awesome this year. No, I think you're right. I mean, people forget this was a first round pick last year. The Jets get him at the end of the first round at 26 when they trade back up. But the, Jermaine Johnson was a guy who had been discussed going in the top 10. There were people who thought the Jets might take him with the 10th overall pick where they ended up taking Garrett Wilson. It was a guy who was always looked at as, hey, he's probably more of a situational pass rusher in the first year, but if he develops, future star in the league. Okay. Well, you got out of the first year where he was a solid situational pass rusher. Now he has developed. It's year two. He's ready to take off. He's one of many players in many cases where I think a lot of people just dismiss because, oh, well, Jets. And for no other reason than, and this is where what Robert Sala has talked about, both with the team and publicly, about not being the same old Jets, where he's right in a way. And, you know, the rest of, you know, football fans out there are going to have to come around to this fact that. Just because of what the Jets did 5, 10, 15 years ago with all coaches or front office staff or players who are no longer here, none of that should be held against this group. This is a guy in Jermaine. You know, they have the offensive rookie and defensive rookie of the year. The guy who would have won offensive rookie of the year if he didn't get hurt is coming back. And even if he's not 100%, he'll still be a useful player. And then another guy who was a first-round pick drafted ahead of Brees Hall has a chance to be, like you said, the breakout star of this defense. And you kind of alluded to the whole same old Jets feeling that a lot of people have. And 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 that that's the only the only reason I would say that I would agree with people's trepidation coming into the season is that mantra of, you know, the same old Jets. And and to me, Mike, it's the same old Jets until they're not the same old Jets anymore. I mean, those couple of years with Rex going to the championship game and he made reference to it the second year. Uh, oh, yeah, same old Jets are right back in the AFC Championship game. Well, that was a cup, a two-year uh, deviation from what that saying normally means. So you, 
it's ingrained in everybody's head. I I get it. I understand it. Same old Jets. Same old Jets. Last year, a little bit of excitement before the season, and and we saw and we saw what happened. But I I think people have to try and put that aside going into this year and just enjoy it. And I still think, listen, opening night is obviously a tough game against Buffalo. I mean, that's the team you're trying to unseat as AFC East champions, and that's not going to be an easy game. It's going to be electric at MetLife Stadium that night. But people have to calm down and also not go, you know, jump overboard if they lose opening night. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm not saying they're going to lose. But people also can't jump off the cliff because they lose opening night to a really good football team. Right. Season's not over if you're 0-1 and you lost to a team right. that could win 12 or 13-plus games. Right. And, and to that point, oh, the Jets have a, the tough – they're not going to have a good season because they have a tough first six games of the season. You know what? If you want to be a good team – You have you to beat chance, the good teams. So go beat the good teams. Right. Like I, I, I'll beat that the schedule is ridiculous at the beginning of the season. Who cares? Well, it go is win. tough. And you know who else has a tough schedule? The Bills and the Dolphins and the Patriots, the teams in your division that play, for the most part, the same teams that you're going to play. It's a tough schedule. Everyone in the AFC right. has a tough schedule. There are going to be three or four good teams on the outside looking in when we get to the postseason in January. But they now have, Mike, they now have, as you said, a top-five defense, and they have an offense with playmakers all over the place and a Hall of Fame quarterback. So they have the the same, if not better, components than some of the other top teams in the AFC. So you know what? Bring them on. Let's go. Uh, Amen. I agree with you. And the last thing, because I know we'll go to the first break here, you know, when we talk about same old Jets, and you're right, they are until they aren't. But if I have to watch people, both fans of the team and people around the country, rally around a team like the Detroit Lions, or every year we hear it with the Cleveland Browns, this is the year they break through, they break through, they break through. If all those teams can't, we can put aside, you know, their past and their history, which again is meaningless connected to the current team. If we can do it with all of them, why can't we do it with the Jets? And before the rest of football fans in America come around to it, Jets fans have to do it. I know we've been saying it. McMonagle's been saying it. People all over this station have been saying it. Jets fans, you have to embrace the expectations. Before the season gets here, anything could go wrong at any time. That's always on the table. But you finally have a team, unlike the last 12 years, where things can also go right. 100%. We have some more football notes to get to. We'll touch on baseball in a little bit. It's Mike and Peter on the warm-up show. Coming up on Boomer and Geo at 6 o'clock, we'll be back with more of the warm-up show right after this. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the warm-up show. Peter Schwartz, Mike Flegelman, in for Al and Jerry. Boomer and Geo's coming up at 6 o'clock. It'll be Boomer and Jerry. Geo's on vacation. And I'll be on the updates during Boomer and Geo. So looking forward to that. A lot of football stuff that we'll get to during the show. And Boomer and Jerry will get to. Also some baseball, some 
ugly Met result last night. Yankees finally win a game. We'll get to some baseball in a little bit. But obviously the huge topic of conversation here in New York and New Jersey, the Jets and the Giants. And, you know, Fleegs and I talked, not a little bit, a lot about one Jets drive and the expectations for the Jets already this season. And we started to break things down a little bit. And uh, the Jets did make some roster moves yesterday, some cuts as the teams have to get down to 53 men. The Jets announced some of them. And some were reported, including Bam Knight getting cut by the Jets. And you kind of figured that he was on the bubble going into the you know the last week of the preseason with the Jets having a very, very deep running back room now. Izzy Abanaconda should be ready to go for, for week one. The expectation is Brees Hall will be ready for week one. So it just looked like Bam Knight was going to be the one that was going to be expendable. And that doesn't necessarily mean... He can't come back on the practice squad, but for now, Bam Knight cut by the Jets. That is the reported cut. That was not officially announced by the Jets yesterday. And um, uh, among uh, among those cuts uh, yesterday also, uh, Greg Senat, the uh, offensive lineman, and the Jets also uh, placing cornerback Jimmy Moreland on injured reserve with a hand injury. You know, the excitement's there for the Giants as well. And, you know, the Jets have received most of the offseason headlines with, with Aaron Rodgers and um, and everything the Jets have done in the offseason and bringing Dalvin Cook in, the hard knocks, um, all the hype is real about the Jets. And, and the Giants really just, you know, they go about their business coming off of a trip to the playoffs last year, and they get Daniel Jones re-signed. And Saquon Barkley does agree to a one-year deal right before the start of training camp, and the Giants have you know pretty good defense too. Depth is going to be an issue for the Giants as they get ready to start the season September 10th against the Cowboys. And as much as the Jets-Bills Monday night opener is going to be a pivotal game in the AFC East, it doesn't get any bigger for an opening day. And we've gotten used to Giants and Cowboys in the opener. But this is obviously a huge game. You know, we hear all about the Cowboys every year. The Cowboys, the Cowboys, they're going to contend for a Super Bowl, and they constantly fall flat on their face. Is this the year that they break through? Is is this the year that the Giants can set a tone early on that they can contend for an NFC East title? Now, I still think the Eagles are going to win the NFC East, but I think the Giants are going to be right there in the mix to finish second. And obviously this opener against the Cowboys is going to be a huge Huge game for the Giants to set that tone early in the season. And obviously with that big contract, Daniel Jones is going to go about his business and try and prove that that contract was was worth it. And the Giants bring back a lot of the same pieces. They made some moves. But again, is Daniel Jones going to, again, take that next step? We saw you know, what he did last year, Fleegs. And now Daniel Jones ready for year two, but it's year one of the big contract, and the big issue is can he live up to that contract? Yeah, I don't think he can. I I, I think you saw last year close to what Daniel Jones' ceiling is. I think he's one of those middle-of-the-road quarterbacks that you can't, you're not going to win anything of meaning with when they're getting paid that much money. And you know, I don't mean to you know dump on the Giants fans there. There are plenty right. of other teams that fit that bill. In fact, 
most of the team is probably, or most of the league is probably in that group. I put the Cowboys there as well. I think their roster is better across the board than the Giants is, but they have a deficiency at head coach, and I think the quarterback is still in that more that Daniel Jones group of middle-of-the-road guys, not somebody that's going to lift everyone around him. There, there are two ways to win in the NFL. You have the great you know, superstar quarterback, or you have the loaded roster with the good quarterback who's not making a ton of money. When is the last time somebody broke that formula and won? It's been forever. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Giants, just like I don't think any of these teams are special and going to break the mold. And I know Giant fans are looking for maybe Daniel Jones to take this other jump and they want to make excuses for him. That can be true. There's been a lack of weapons. Up until last year, there was horrific coaching. The problem is they're not extending or willing to extend those to other players who have a similar profile. Right. You know, the, a guy we talked about last segment, we both like. You know, Giants fans will, a lot of them, dismiss Derek Carr out of hand when he's, I mean, he's the guy that actually has a top three MVP season in his past, has carried teams to the playoffs not once but twice, and performed better in a lot of games than Daniel Jones has. Very similar player probably that's just been doing this longer. They'll dismiss offhand a guy like Jared Goff, who is a first overall pick. Daniel Jones also taken to the top of the first round, sixth overall, and has had an up-and-down career, maybe slower to develop. And if you're going to kind of dismiss those teams and say, well, the Giants are just better than them, you know, why couldn't fans of those teams say the same thing about you and Daniel Jones? I think right. he's a good player. He's settled in nicely, and he's found the right coach. Brian Dable is an excellent head coach. He is the best thing the New York Giants have going for them, and I think he so far looks like a guy that's one day going to win a Super Bowl. When Joe Shane builds that roster for Brian Dable to win a Super Bowl with, Daniel Jones isn't going to be around. Now, the Giants rolled the dice on Daniel Jones. They didn't pick up the option before last year. And I would think if you went back in time, Joe Shane and Brian Dayball probably had zero expectation that Daniel Jones would be the Giants' starting quarterback in in 2023. They they rode him out last year, and I think they were obviously surprised at what he was able to do in that offense last year. And the Giants gambled financially, and they lost because – they could have had Daniel Jones playing on his fifth year of his rookie contract this year, and it wouldn't have been a problem on the salary cap. But they roll the dice, and they realize they've got a quarterback here that can be their franchise quarterback um, you know, for the long term, and they had to come up with a lot of money when they could have still had him on the rookie contract this year. See, I think it's a loss this year, but I think when we look at it you know, next year, I don't know if it will be a loss because if Daniel Jones plays this year similarly to or – even a little bit better than he did last year, well, then at the end of this season, that contract would only go up in value. So it might be a loss right now, but I'd actually prefer that if I'm the Giants or a Giants fan because eat that money now while Joe Shane is still working to rebuild the rest of this roster, pay the quarterback now because that money has to go to somewhere. And because you've now cleared most, if not all of the contracts, from the awful Dave Gettleman era, at least the contracts that weren't mm-hmm. deserved, and now the players he brought in who are worth the money, you know, Dexter Lawrence got paid, Saquon's on the franchise tag, Daniel Jones got paid. Pay Daniel Jones now while you have the room for it, and they have flexibility. As much as I think Daniel Jones is, again, like in that 10 to 15 range of quarterbacks, that's good. You can go to the playoffs with, you can win regular season games with, you're not going to see them in the Super Bowl and definitely not holding the Lombardi Trophy. They've given themselves flexibility where in two years from now, when they feel the rest of the roster 
has gotten to that point. If they think they can find a young quarterback who is close enough to Daniel Jones, but at that point would be making almost no money and they can build on even more the rest of that roster, they've given themselves an out. If Daniel Jones far exceeds even their own expectations and becomes a superstar in the next two years, I mean, newsflash, he won't. We've never seen <laughs> that. That doesn't happen in the NFL. It's not Daniel Jones isn't, you know, the you know the second coming just like nobody else has done that before. If he does do that, then great. They're in a good position for that. If he doesn't, they're in a good position as well. So I, I do, yes, they're paying more money this year. Overall, I don't think the way it played out with Daniel Jones's contract hurts the Giants long-term in any way. Well, it it, it hurt Saquon Barkley short-term because Him Daniel Jones <laughs> Daniel Jones got the big money. Saquon didn't and is on the franchise tag. And at first, I was worried from a Giants perspective that uh, are the Giants going to get, you know, Saquon, the Saquon Barkley back this year. He's unhappy, didn't get paid, didn't get the long-term deal. But I, if you think about it closely, they, they have a motivated Saquon Barkley because now he's back on a one-year deal and he's playing for a contract again. Now, I don't know if that contract's going to come from the Giants. It's probably not next year. And if it is, it'll be the franchise tag again. It'll be the franchise tag again. I don't. Obviously, he doesn't want to go down that road again, but... I think the one thing the Giants did roll the dice with and win was with Saquon because now they've got Saquon on their terms in a, a friend, say friendly. It's funny to say friendly with what he's getting on the franchise tag, but it's something that fits for the Giants this year, and they're going to get a very motivated Saquon as they try to get back to the playoffs and and contend to go to the Super Bowl, and they're, they're going to have a, a, a fresh, excited, and I think really motivated Saquon playing on the one-year deal this year. Yeah, even if he wasn't the kind of person he is who's going to give 100% every time he's out in the field, he would be extra motivated this year because, like you said, he's playing for his money, playing for his future. There's a lot on the line for Saquon. He is the one and only loser of the Daniel Jones situation. I still I love where the Giants are and how they shape up long-term. I think this year, you know, I heard you uh, say uh, at the start of the segment you know, with the Eagles, I still don't think – there's any, I mean, the Eagles are still so far and ahead right. of everybody else. The in this battles division. for number two. Right. The battles for number two. And the Cowboys are better roster wise. They're, be- I mean, I think you could even argue they're much better than the Giants. I mean, for every flaw that Dak Prescott might have, and I'm not the biggest fan of him, he's still accomplished wildly more in this league than Daniel Jones has. Right. Plus, they have more weapons across the board. They have overall a better offensive line. They have better personnel on defense. The biggest knock on them, and it's the biggest advantage the Giants have going when they go head-to-head with the Cowboys, the Giants have a much better head coach. I think the Cowboys bringing in Brian Schott. I mean, we can laugh about Brian Schottenheimer <laughs> off the air for hours as Jets fans, knowing what he's about to put Cowboys fans through. Yeah, his nickname was Shoddy, but a lot of Jet fans used a different name for that. Uh, yeah, I was. I, I, I still will. I'll never forget walking into the bathroom at Life Stadium Christmas Eve when they're playing the post game after the Victor Cruz game. And Brian Schottenheimer, or Adam Shine is screaming, shoddy, ruined Christmas. And I'm waiting in line for the urinal going, yeah, you're right. He did. He just ruined <laughs> Christmas forever. I love uh, where the Giants are, head-to-head with the Cowboys. They're closer to that team than the Eagles. It's funny. Week one for both of these teams, both in New York, they're playing a team that I would argue is a little bit better than they are. They're at home. Season's not over if you lose. But for both teams, that is a real opportunity to get going on a strong note. We have to step away. We'll talk a little baseball when we come back. Mike Fliegelman, 
is across the way from me, Peter Schwartz. On the warm-up show, we're coming back here on The Fan right after this. Peter Schwartz, Mike Flegelman back on the warm-up show. In for Al and Jerry. Boomer and Geo coming up top of the hour, 6 o'clock. It'll be Boomer and Jerry hosting with Geo on vacation. Fleeks, before we get to the uh, the Yankees and the Mets, obviously there was that scary situation in the Braves-Rockies game last night with a fan running on the field and making some contact with Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, two fans. I mean, the two one fans. the one comes out, and it looks like these guys were goofing around trying to take a picture, but... I mean, just pure idiocy. Like, if you're, I mean, if you're Ronald Acuna and he handled himself well, you see these guys running at you, you can't assume, okay, this guy's just going to try to be a goof and take a picture. I mean, Ronald Acuna would have been well within his right to obliterate the guys that are coming after him. And security didn't really do a great job. If you watch the video, if you know, if you go online, John Boy has it, everybody has it now. The security guards just kind of, you know, two of them. They tackle the first guy, and then because both security guards go after the first guy, when the second guy runs in, it takes a while for the other security guards to show up. It's just, it's scary, man. You think about, it's it's something that these players should absolutely not have to go through. There's so much that gets blurred these days with fans and social media and the stuff they'll say to athletes. And for the most part, we just kind of give it the old Francesa hand wave, like, you know, know, they're (laughs) athletes, they're making millions of dollars. They have to put up with a little bit. And yes, they have to put up with a little bit. Not this. They should not. There should be no point where you're an athlete on the field in a game and you have to wonder and worry, you know, is this guy coming after me because he's an idiot who's trying to get a selfie for his social media that he's, you know, he's going to get banned from baseball games for the rest of his life? Or is this somebody in this day and age? It's not unreasonable to think that this is a person trying to cause you harm. Yeah, most times, I, listen, I've been to a million games in my life. Uh, as a fan and as, and covering and and every now and then you see the occasional lunatic you know, run run on the field and and most of the time the security is is ready for them and you see these guys get pounded. Remember the 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 clown at the Dodger game that put to propose to his oh, girlfriend yeah. and ran on. I, I mean they 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 whacked him. I mean they they leveled him to the ground and he, he didn't seem to be you know of any. It didn't look like he was going to harm anybody. He just wanted to do something ridiculously stupid. But in this case, like, like, how could you let the, these two do what they did last night? Yeah, secu- just, when you, you watch the video, pay- are you not paying attention to what's going on? Was like you said in Dodger Stadium, they were in so many of these situations. We see, I mean, we've seen times where security's grabbing the guys as they're jumping on the field. Mostly security guards are so on top of it. The security at Coors Field last night a little slow to react. And listen, that's scary. because Thankfully, nobody had any bad intentions here. That's not always going to be the case. And I, I like those videos of when security slams these idiots to the ground and pounds because that's, you know, people need to see that to just, any thought you might have of, oh, I can do this and it'll be funny, get that out of your head. I remember uh, back in 2009, it was in the postseason. I can't remember if it was the World Series when a fan, it was like a young, a teenager ran onto the field at Citizens Bank Park. And he got tased. And I remember being at Penn State at the time, and there were people saying, oh, well, was that too far? You know, he, he's young. Should they have just tackled him? I'm like, get, get out of here. You don't know yeah. what, what he's trying to do. Who cares? He's young. He's not five. He shouldn't be on the field. If the security guard has a taser, tase that guy's behind. I'm sure there would be players. If you, if, you, if you dug in deep into the brain of a player, I'm sure there would be players that would love to tackle 
these these fans themselves. And I think they they hold back on it because then they don't want to get sued. Because well, that's you know, they're going to have to deal with such a frivolous, stupid lawsuit, right. and it's going to be a problem for them where it shouldn't be. Because if especially if you you're like Acuna last night and you see that this guy's running towards you and he's going to get there before security does, it is clear that the security guards are not close enough. So if this guy is planning on doing something, Ronald Acuna has to defend himself. I would love for one day to and, see and a player sh- and there should, and just sh- destroy one of these. Clowns. And he should just by just by the video of it. Like if if you're watching the game or there's 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 security footage or whatever or or people shooting it on their on their cell phones. If you're a player standing on the field, whether you're a baseball player or a football player, even you know NBA is easy to get on the court. It's not so easy to get on the ice at a hockey game because of the glass. But if you're a player that's standing out there, you should have every right to defend yourself. And again, that's why they probably don't. And they try to avoid it and step out of the way because they don't want to deal with the frivolous lawsuit. Oh, uh, because you know that's exactly where we're heading. There are probably people that are well, thinking the Dodger about it guy, and hoping for that. That, that. There was talk that that Dodger fan that got leveled when he was proposing to his girlfriend was going to sue the security because he got hurt. Well, don't run on the field. Right. Don't. You're breaking the law. You're doing something that you absolutely cannot do. You know, it's the old story of, you know, the guy who broke into a house and was robbing it and he slipped and he broke his ankle when he's robbing the house. Right. Like, you're, you're wrong. You are 100% in the wrong. And most normal human beings like me, like you, anybody out there, we're going to say you, you know, you deserve what you get. But, yeah, the, the, there will be someday. I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. The crazy lawsuit that we have to track, you know, it's on, uh, it's on TV. They're talking about it on Boomer and Geo, and it's everywhere in national news. You know, guy who ran on field and tackled player and tried to start a fist fight with player, then lost that fist fight with a player because fan versus athlete, mm-hmm. fans going down, and then is suing that player. I only thought about running on the field once in my life. I only um, thought and, about running on the field zero times in my life, but so I'm curious I, to hear yeah, well, yours. So I went, my uncle took me uh, December of 81 to the Jets Packers season, regular season finale at, at Shea. So what was on the line that day was because the Giants had beaten the Cowboys the day before. So the if the Jets beat the Packers, the Jets and the Giants are both in the playoffs. And that's what wound up happening. The Jets win that game. I think it was 28-3. to They pounded Lynn Dickey that day. So my my uncle took me to the game. We're sitting in the upper deck, and as the game gets into the fourth quarter, and the Jets are just blowing the crap out of the Packers, I said to my uncle, "Can can because I've seen on TV, saw the Yankees win the World Series in in '77, and the fans are running on the field. Uh, I remember when Chris Chambliss hit the home run in '76, watching it on TV, the fans run on the field. So and I've seen high and I'd seen highlights of of fans ripping the goalposts down in other cities." So I said to my uncle, I'm like, can we go down to the field level and when the Jets win, we can we can run on the field? And he said, absolutely not. In fact, we're probably going to get out of here a few minutes early so we can uh, so we can beat the traffic out of here. So that it was the only time I ever thought, oh, that would be pretty cool to run on. How the old field. you were like a teenager at the so time? So that was so that was December of '81. I was 14. Okay. Well, listen, we're glad your uncle did the right thing. It was smart <laughs> enough to tell you not to because. Who knows if you would have been with right. us here today? And by uh, the way, by the way, you gave the the, the Mike fan uh, wave, hand wave. Right. I I saw him last night. I saw Big Mike last night. Oh, very at nice at the Marty Lyons Foundation golf outing. So they're sitting having dinner with my family, and there's Mike coming over to the bar to go get a drink. So I thought, let me go over and say hello. He was so nice. He was very cordial. Came over, said hello to my family. Uh, knew my son was a, a high school football player. Was talking about that. You know, uh, long snapper, right? And I'm like, yeah. 
You're like, well, you would have loved to have been coached by Parcells. <laughs> so, uh, listen, it was, it's good to know that Mike is still willing to bring up Bill these days yeah, in a positive manner. Absolutely. And that's, that's the appropriate situation. We have to step away for a sports yeah. minute a second. That's an appropriate situation for you to go over, not when the Jets are pounding Dickey and the young right, Peter Schwartz right. is excited. Well, that's why you're a clown. Bye. <laughs> It was a great event. They raised a lot of money for the Marty Lyons Foundation last night that uh, that grants wishes for for kids who are going through a tough time. So that was actually a great event to be with uh, with my family at last night. We do have to break. It's Peter Schwartz, Mike Fligerman. We have a sports minute. Do we know who this is? It's Amy Lawrence. And knowing Amy, I'm going to guess she's talking about the Acuna thing last night. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. It's Peter and Mike taking up until 6 o'clock, less than a minute to go, Fleet. What are the Mets doing giving Max Scherzer a tribute video last night? I hate it. I'm a Met. I, I'm so sick of the teams doing it with the tribute videos, but I go back to when the Mets honored the Yankees greats and when they did it for Chipper Jones. That can of worms has been opened. There's nothing you can do now because now we're at the point if these teams don't give someone who played for them a tribute video, it's going to become a yeah. story. So the Mets kind of had to do it. That's where we are now. But good on the very few people in the building last night at City Field for booing that tribute video. The next that's tribute video deserves. I want to see is Josh Bailey, when whoever he signs with and he comes back to the Islanders. That's the next tribute video I want to see. Well, that's a real one where there would be, be some a, real emotion That would be a real one. You, you can't... A year and a, a piece. WFAN. WFAN FM. WFAN FM HD1. New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app.